Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, today, we're going to talk about praying dangerous prayers. If you wonder where that comes from, last year, a book came out by Craig Rochelle that really was, uh, it's just really well written, and it's entitled Dangerous Prayers, and it's a challenge for Christians to say, hey, would you like to take your prayer life to the next level? Um, inside your uh, outline or that you received when you came in, or if you're, thanks for joining us online, those of you online, if you go to our website, you'll find an outline there. Uh, the first point I want to make today is that God wants us to pray about everything so we don't need to worry about anything. And uh, this book makes that abundantly clear, that God wants us to pray. Uh, the thing is, maybe we can go a little bit deeper than we've ever thought about going before. But let me remind us, in Paul in Philippians 4 said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. And then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's Paul in Philippians 4. Here's Peter in 1 Peter 5. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. If that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? amen. Yeah, we can bring all our requests to God. And so one of the things we say here at Centerpoint often is the following statement. If you're going to worry, don't pray. But if you're going to pray, don't worry. Would you say that together with me, please? If you're going to worry, don't pray. If you're going to pray... Don't worry, because God wants us to bring all our requests to him. Now, many of you know that Debbie and I have had our turn at uh, fighting through COVID-19. And I want to what was that lumber thing, the yellow tag? Believe me, you don't want it. Okay, well, that's what I would tell you. Believe me, you don't want it. Um, this was difficult, and we, we hung to these promises here. We prayed a lot for each other. We prayed for other people, and there are many people we know that are dealing with this in our area right now. And it was painful, and it was hard. And I'm glad I can come to the Lord and pray about anything. I'm glad that I can lift every request up to him. And so as we started this message today, I want to remind us of that. But point two in the outline says this, God wants us to pray bold, confident prayers. Okay, prayers that are next level. That's why it's called dangerous prayers. Because what if I was going to take my prayer life to another level that I've never done before in 2021. I, I couldn't wait to start this series here uh, at the beginning of this year because if anything 2020 taught me, it was how important it is to pray. Praying is the most powerful thing we can do. And if the devil will get us discouraged and the devil will get us distracted and the devil will get us all tangled up in fear and worry so we don't pray, we have, he knows that he has cut us off from the most powerful thing we could do. So I'm going to have a word of prayer for us right now before we get any further into this message and ask God to give us bold, confident prayers this year. I hope that's your desire. I hope that you're here today going, you know, I want to not only pray about the needs I have in my life, I want to pray bold, confident prayers and ask God to show me things I've never even thought about praying before. You'll see as I unpack this, there are things that God wants to do in us and through us that we haven't even imagined yet. Let your mind soak on that for just a second. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want a bold, confident prayer life. I want to pray like the people in the Bible prayed. Lord, I want to pray when I'm sick. I want to pray when I'm scared. I want to pray when I'm in need. And I'm glad you're always with me. You will never forsake me. You tell us to bring all our requests to you, and I'm grateful for that. But Lord, today... 
as we venture a little deeper into dangerous prayers, Lord, I want you to challenge us about things that we haven't even thought about praying yet. That you'd open up our minds to type of pr- types of prayer that we haven't even considered. God, I want everything you have in store for me in this world. I want every challenge that I'm supposed to go through and learn something, I want to learn it this year with my eyes wide open. Lord, if there's a need that I'm not even aware of, a change I need to make in my life that I've never even thought of, I want you to show me and teach me how to pray about that. In a moment of silence right now, if you would like the Lord to take your prayer life to the next level, just silent where you are, say, God, I want that. I'm not even sure what I'm asking, but God, I want that. Lord, move me out of the way. Remind us what you want us to know about praying dangerously, boldly, and confidently. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. Hebrews 4.16, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. That's where we're going to find grace and mercy, in the throne room of heaven. And because Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty for our sins, The curtain that separated us from the most holy place in the temple was torn in two. The curtain that separated us from God's presence, our sinfulness, uh, that's all been taken care of because of Jesus. And now we can boldly walk into the throne room of heaven. Man, that's the type of prayer I want to pray. I mean, listen to one of these types of prayers. This is from Acts 4, the early church. Uh, Peter and John had been arrested because God had done an amazing miracle through them and they'd healed a man who'd been uh, lame from birth and he was able to walk. He was more than 40 years old. And uh, when people asked him how they were able to do this miracle, they said, well, it's because of Jesus. We healed him in the name of Jesus. Well, the same people that had crucified Jesus just a few months earlier, they were angry that people were going around talking about like Jesus was still alive because he is. And they were angry at Peter and John. They said, You can't do that. Quit preaching the name of Jesus. And they ordered them and they not to, and they threatened them. They even put them in jail overnight. And when they got out of jail, they got together with a number of members of the early church, and here was their prayer. O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. (coughs) May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all preached the word of God with boldness. Think if that was of you and me. Man, where we got into a situation where we were praying about people at work, we were praying about a situation in our family, we were praying about a difficult situation, and we got together with a few friends, and we prayed, and the whole place shook. People were experiencing the Holy Spirit in a whole nother level. I mean, that's a dangerous kind of prayer. They prayed for boldness, and then they went out and confidently shared the gospel, even if it meant jail time. Mm. Here's another one from the Old Testament. King Jehoshaphat was a righteous king, and there were a couple of nations that teamed up to overthrow him. And they were attacking him, and the first word that he heard of it, it was a surprise attack. The first word he heard of it was when they were only 50 miles away from Jerusalem, the capital. He immediately called a prayer meeting, 
And here's what happened. This is from 2 Chronicles 20. This is 850 B.C., by the way. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and, and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard in the temple of the Lord. And he prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are, a God, are the God who's in heaven. You're ruler of the kingdoms of the earth. You're powerful and mighty, and no one can stand against you. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We're powerless against this mighty army that's about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. And God rescued them. God answered that prayer. I mean, wouldn't you like to have a prayer life like that? Where you got uh, unexpected medical expenses, you had a job change, someone in your family got desperately sick, or there was a, a marriage you knew of a friend that they were on the edge of divorce, and you said, we're going to get together and pray. And you got together with friends in your house and you stood before the Lord and said, oh Lord, we don't know what to do, but you do. And you experienced an answer to prayer. I mean, that's dangerous praying. I mean, think how dangerous it is, it, it is for a king to stand in front of the people, the, the commander in chief of the army, to say, we don't know what to do. I mean, that's political suicide. But Jehoshaphat wasn't trying to be political. He was trying to be godly. I mean, the disciples had just been threatened with jail time. If they talked about Jesus, they didn't say, oh, Lord, protect us from jail time. They said, Lord, make us bold and confident no matter what happens. I hope you look at this like those ads that they're running all the time now about the people on the exercise machines, Nordic track or Peloton or things. They show these incredibly fit people working out. They don't show me working out on that thing. <laughs> that would just discourage people. But anyway, uh, who's the old sweaty guy on there? What's that all about? No, they always show somebody super cut and you go, oh, I could look like that. Well, I hope that when we read these instances from Acts and Second Chronicles, you go, I could pray like that. Boldly walking into the throne room of heaven. Lord, I don't know what to do, but you do, and I'm counting on you. Does that describe your prayer life? Because all too often, we don't pray boldly and confidently. <clears throat> and the whole idea behind this series is to pray that way. Become dangerous in our prayers. Dangerous to the forces of evil. Dangerous to the devil. Dangerous to fear and unbelief. I want to pray like that. And if you do too, would you say amen? amen? Amen means I agree. And that's why we say at the end of a prayer, we're just saying I agree or so let it be. So God wants us to pray about everything. He wants us to pray bold, confident prayers. And God wants us to pray dangerous prayers. And so today we're going to look at a very simple dangerous prayer, and it's search me. Now this is dangerous because if you ask God to search me, if I ask God to search me, he's going to search me. And he's probably going to find something I wasn't expecting him to find. And when he finds it, he's going to want me to do something about it. Yeah, that's dangerous. Uh, and it's important here. Listen to what David prayed. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, it's important to note here, David wasn't only asking God to do something for him. He was asking God to do something in him. And that's a different level of prayer. Lord, I need a job. Lord, I need help with my health. Lord, I need help finding my dog. Lord, I need help. We're, we're told to bring whatever we need before God. Like I said, that's important. We do that. But here's another level. 
Lord, would you do something in me? Would you search me? Because there are things in me that I'm probably not seeing. In fact, I want to break that prayer, that short little prayer, into four phrases. The first is this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Now, we need to do this. We need to ask God to search our hearts because we frequently deceive ourselves. We do. We deceive ourselves all the time. I was reading on um, Inc.com the other day that 80% of people who make New Year's resolutions uh, drop them before the second week of February. So you still got another month before you need to quit. <laughs> okay. But we promise ourselves all kinds of stuff. We do. I can handle it. I can quit anytime I want. That's a common deception. I'll start my diet tomorrow. I promise I'll never do that again. And we deceive ourselves all the time. The Bible says there's a reason for this. Jeremiah 17, 9, the human heart is most deceitful of all things. It's desperately wicked. Uh, who really knows how bad it is? And it's true for even people who uh, go to worship all the time. The religious leaders in Jesus' day, here's what he said to them. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is just a farce. They teach man-made ideas as commands from God. And it's entirely possible that I can be deceiving myself completely about what's going on in my life. Sometimes so much so that I don't even recognize it. I remember when Debbie and I first got married, um, she had never been very good about expressing her feelings when she was upset. And I knew she was upset because I'd come home from work, I'd put my hand on her shoulder, and she'd move away from me. By the way, guys, if people, if your wife does that or kids do that, that means they're upset. Just, you haven't figured that out yet. And I would go, hmm, what's going on? And so we would sit down, and at the time we had this green sofa. We would call it our green sofa talk, or have a green sofa talk. And we would sit down and go, hey, did I do something yesterday, last night, the day before? And we'd go back, and sometimes she had just stuffed it down to the point where she didn't even really realize what it was. She wouldn't even know what it was. And I had to search. And when we found it, she'd go, well, yeah, you hurt my feelings with this. By the way, we've been married for 34 years. She has learned how to express her feelings very adequately now. Okay, so just want you to know we're over that. <laughs> we don't need, it's pretty instantaneous now. So anyway, but it was terribly important that we spend the time searching. Because the relationship, I want the relationship with my wife. I want my relationship with God. And sometimes there are things in my life that I have stuffed down, bitterness, jealousy, fear, anger, you name it, all kinds of trash. And I don't even realize what's going on here. And I can deceive myself, and so can you, even when we're in church. And sometimes that's when we're best at it. We pretend everything's okay, and we're dying inside. One of the things I always love about people who are involved in 12-step programs where they just go, hey, they're not pretending. They go, I got issues, and let me tell you what they are, and I need you to pray for me. I'll pray for you. I need to hold you accountable, and you need to hold me accountable. That's the way we all need to be with the Lord. So the first one is, search me, Lord, because I can deceive myself. Secondly, test me and know my anxious thoughts. I mean, what am I anxious about? What keeps me up at night? 
What makes me worried or afraid? I remember um, shortly again, right, when we were first married, after we'd been married a couple of years, we, uh, uh, our oldest son Cameron was born. And this is a picture of him. Steve, you could put that picture up. This is a picture of Cameron when he was just a few days old. He was born 10 weeks prematurely, and he was in um, Children's Hospital in Houston. He was hooked up to all those wires. We still have that little tiny blood pressure cuff. I mean, it's amazing. And he was in the hospital for 10 weeks in a little bassinet. You can see this little plastic cover there. You can see how small he is. It's my thumb up there. And, um, man, we were scared. They told us he was on oxygen, and they didn't know how that was going to affect his eyesight. They didn't know how it was going to affect his brain development, his lungs. They didn't know, and you know, they couldn't promise us all these things. And we prayed. Oh, we prayed. Because just like Jehoshaphat, Lord, we don't know what to do. You're strong. We're not. This little boy, we had lost a little girl named Taylor a year before that. She was born even more premature than Cameron was. And we were so scared that we'd lose him too. And so we would pray every day for that little boy. Uh, let me give you an updated picture. This is Cameron now, uh, 31 years later. That's his wife, and that's his son, the greatest grandchild ever. Okay, but anyway, that's him now. He's a CPA in Atlanta. Oh, God answered our prayers. I share that picture with you to encourage you. If you're going through a frightening time, we need to ask God, God, what is scaring me? What's keeping me awake at night? What do I need to give to you? Why am I carrying this? David was the one who prayed this prayer, this search me prayer. David also prayed this in Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he'll do this. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And do not fret. It only leads to evil. David knew what it was like to be hunted. His own father-in-law, King Saul, was trying to kill him. He had enemies on every side. He knew what it was like to be terrified. And he said, you just give your anxious thoughts to the Lord. Now, it's important to note here, whatever we fear the most, that often reveals where we trust God the least. I mean, the reason David was saying, test me and no my anxious thoughts is, if you read all of Psalm 139, it says, Lord, you're the one who made me. You formed me in my mother's womb. You knit me together. Lord, you know every day of my life before any of it passes, you're all-knowing, you're all-powerful, you are holy and righteous, and Lord, I'm not going to trust anybody but you. I mean, that's amazing. Jesus had to teach his disciples this. Uh, Matthew 8, Jesus got into a boat and started across the lake, the Sea of Galilee, with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce Storm struck the lake and waves were breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And Jesus responded, Why are you so afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. The thing the disciples feared the most was where they trusted Jesus the least. Jesus, there's a storm. We're going to drown. Don't you care? What do you mean, don't I care? 
Why do you have so little faith? Quiet down. And the storm stopped. You go, what kind of person tells the storm to stop? The same type of person who answered our prayers about our son. The same type of God will answer our prayers if we boldly and confidently come before him asking for mercy and grace and help in our time of need. If you want to pray bold prayers like that, would you say amen? That's what we're going to be asking for in just a minute. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. Would you read that verse out loud with me, please? For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. Every day for the next three weeks on Facebook, on our YouTube uh, channel, um, on uh, all our social media platforms here, I'm going to be leading just a four or five minute devotional. Every morning I'll be recording a new one at 6 a.m., walking us through dangerous prayers to help us pray more boldly for the next three weeks. You can watch them anytime during the day. They're just going to be a new one recorded every morning. In fact, I recorded one this morning to start this whole series off and invite you to join me here because we have got to learn to pray and not worry. We need to let go of our anxious thoughts and let God handle it. The good news is he will. I hope you can join me every day. Third thing, uh, the third phrase in David's prayer is this, point out anything in me that offends you. Point out anything in me that offends you. In Psalm 36, David's talking about wicked people here, and he says, With wicked people, there's no fear of God before their eyes. In their own eyes, they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their own sin. And it's not even that we're even deceiving themselves, deceiving ourselves. Sometimes we just flatter ourselves. I mean, we think that we're fine. We go, I don't have any problems. Let's ask the Lord to be the judge of that. I don't have any habits I need to get rid of. I don't need, there's no grudges I'm holding against anyone. Hmm. Here are a couple of ways God will speak to us. Remind us again, this is from the Amplified Translation. Let the righteous thoughtfully uh, strike and correct me. It's a kindness done to encourage my spiritual maturity. I mean, let the righteous person strike me. God's going to bring people in your life and in my life Good, godly friends. Could be your spouse, could be your kids, your parents, a neighbor, a trusted friend who's known you for years. They pull you aside and say, hey, John, you got to change your attitude on this. The question is, are you and I going to be willing to listen? It's one of the ways God speaks. Another way God speaks is through his word. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It expresses our innermost thoughts and desires. And that's why I always want us to read the Bible, why I'm always encouraging you to read the Bible every day and to get a Bible reading plan. By the way, if you don't have one, contact me. I'll help you get one. If you and I read the Bible every day, God will speak to us, and he will show us things many times when we are not even expecting it. It's just kind of like out of the blue, and we go, oh, my goodness, I need to change. If this has ever happened to you when you're reading the Bible, you feel all of a sudden you realize you need to change your attitude about something, would you raise your hand right now? It'll happen to all of us this year if we're willing to spend time with him every day. So the question is, God, will you search me? Will you show me the things I'm worried about that keep me up at night so I can surrender those to you? And God, will you show me sinful, bad attitudes, grudges, things that just don't need to be a part of my life anymore? 
I mean, this could be cussing, telling dirty jokes, could be an addiction to pornography, could be all kinds of things. And we just said, oh, it's okay, I'll just let it go. Could be racism. Could be all kinds of things that we've just let slide in our lives. And they're not right. And we ask God to show us, he'll show us. Hmm. Finally, one last phrase in the search me prayer. Lord, lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search me. Test me. Show me. And point out anything that offends you. And then lead me along the path of everlasting life. Psalm 32, 8. David, one more time. The Lord says, I'll guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'll advise you and watch over you. Don't be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. This is why it's so dangerous to pray this prayer because the Lord's going to show us what we need to repent of. He'll show us the, the fears we need to surrender. He'll show us where we've been deceiving ourselves. And then the question is, Lord, will you lead me out of this? He will. He'll give us wisdom. He'll show us the way out. I don't have to stay stuck in worry. I don't have to stay chained to bad behaviors that are destroying me. He'll show me the way out of a relationship I don't need to be in. He'll show me the right way. The question is, am I willing to pray a dangerous prayer? Not just, Lord, help me pay my bills, but Lord, would you search me and show me if there's things in my heart that need to change that I don't even know about? And then would you lead me? Our deepest need becomes a gift when it moves us to depend on Jesus. Would you say that with me, please? Our deepest need becomes a gift when it moves us to depend on Christ. All of a sudden now I'm depending on Jesus like I'm supposed to. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The Lord knows that, and that's why he says, come to me. Come to me. Ask me to search you. Hey, you want a bold, vibrant prayer life? Ask me what you even need to be praying about. You don't even know. I'll take you deeper in a relationship with me than you've ever gone. The question is, do we want that? So, Nick, if you're in here, if you could come up here, I'd like for you just to um, kind of play the guitar a little bit here for us because we're going to pray for just a couple of minutes. If you're able, I'd love it if you could kneel with me. I'm going to just kneel right here. If you can turn around on your chair and kneel, if you're able to do that and just kind of use that as a kneeling bench, I want us to pray a prayer of surrender and asking God to search us. Would you join me kneeling if you're able? Will you pray with me, please? Oh, gracious God, I want to thank you that you are always more ready to listen than we are to pray. I want to thank you, Lord, that you're the one who desires to take us to a whole nother level of relationship with you. God, I thank you that you are always ready to answer my prayers, whatever my need. And that makes me so happy. But Lord, I want to pray bold, confident prayers in 2021. 
God, I want to pray like my life depends on it. Because it does. My life does depend on you. You're my source of strength. You're the vine. I'm just a branch. I can't do anything apart from you. And so, God, I'm going to pray a prayer that's bold and courageous. I'm going to ask you to search me. Lord, because I deceive myself, Lord, I want you to speak the truth to me because you always speak it in love. You always have my best in mind. You will always do what's right and lead me along the right path. Oh, God, would you please search me? Would you show me anxious thoughts, the things that have kept me awake at night, the things that I can't surrender, the things that I wring my hands about and I worry about again and again, Lord, would you show me what those are and then show me how to surrender those to you? Heavenly Father, would you show me the sinful things in my life that are going on, bad habits, careless talk, unforgiveness, judgmental attitudes, filthy things. And then, Father, would you show me how to let go of those things? And would you lead me? Father, I thank you that you teach us from your word. You bring friends into our lives who will speak the truth to us. Lord, you speak to us through your Holy Spirit all the time if we're just willing to listen. And so, Lord, in 2021, as this year begins, Lord, I'm asking that you would search me. Help me not be afraid. Father, we pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you that you hear us. Amen.